WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. is mad because Lev Bell was out at a club in Miami till 4 a.m. Hey, Lev's just living life, same as Juju. What's Bell supposed to do? Sit in a dark room and listen to whale sounds until he plays football again? He's no under no obligation to be anywhere or do anything right now. Juju celebrated himself reaching 1,000 yards receiving on his career. I'll put a tweet out, patting himself on the back. And this is indeed a milestone accomplishment. Juju now ranks number 58 on the Steelers' all-time list for receiving yards and is just eight yards behind Jericho Cotri. I wonder if the game will get stopped for a little ceremony when Juju passes Jericho Cotri. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am a super genius with a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. I am the number one sports host in Pittsburgh radio history, and you can't teach that. My shoes cost more than your house, and you can't teach that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one, or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. The New York Post has another all-time great headline today after Paul McCartney said he and John Lennon once masturbated together. Beat the Meatles. you got to love the New York Post. Headless body and topless bar. T.J. Watt of the Steelers was named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. How could he not be after that game Sunday at Cleveland? Four sacks, 11 tackles, and a blocked field goal. If Watt can stay healthy, he is going to be one of the NFL's dominant players defensively. But the whole Watt family is always hurt. Uh, This just moving... Watt got a half sack taken away. He shared it with somebody, so his stat line for Cleveland reads three and a half sacks. I heard the B team putting Bell on blast because he's out and about in Miami, living life. And I don't know how many times I have to say this before Pittsburgh finally listens. Bell has checked out. He's moved on. He doesn't care what Pittsburgh thinks. And when Bell finally does show up, he will be just punching the clock until the year's over. You will question his effort, I guarantee it. I said this situation had every potential to be toxic, and it is. Uh, The national media reported today with great gravitas, Lev Bell still isn't in Pittsburgh. No, he's not, and he's not going to be for quite some time. What don't you get? I'm like Tomlin. I'm more worried about Kansas City, and I'm really worried about Tyree Kill. I was watching highlights of that win 
over the L.A. Chargers on Sunday and Hill on the punt return and that 57-yard slant. If the field was 400 yards long, Hill still would have scored both times. No one can run with that guy. Tyree Kill is some weapon. And then you got Kareem Hunt and the Mahomes kid at quarterback. Kansas City has a lot of firepower. Geez, I almost forgot Travis Kelsey at tight end. If he played for New England and Gronk played for Kansas City, I bet people would think Travis Kelsey was the better of the two. What a monster that guy is. This is a huge game Sunday. I feel like the Steelers are going to win, and I also feel like they really need to. they got a tough stretch of games to open, and starting 0-1-1, well, that would be a hole. Not a deep hole, but it's a hole. You know, it's been almost 32 years since the Chiefs won at Pittsburgh, so who owned the Chiefs? Owns. Owns. I guess the Steelers do, for now. Joe McGrath. By the way, I am doing a Steeler pregame show on the X, home games only. It debuts Sunday at 10.30, and it's brought to you by the Gateway Clipper. I love the Gateway Clipper. Ben's going to bounce back Sunday. Don't worry about Ben. He always does bounce back. The game will be a challenge for James Conner because he kind of faded at the end of that game at Cleveland. Connor got only 14 yards on his last 10 carries. Doing it one week is one thing. Doing it every week is quite another. Antonio Brown needs to make a few bigger plays, but that's on Ben as much as it is A.B. I feel like the Steelers need more from the tight end position, but Vance McDonald is always hurt. On defense at Cleveland, the Steelers did okay. But Watt was the catalyst, and obviously he won't do that every week. I'm starting to like this secondary, but, but, I'm not quite sure how it fits together yet. What's the best combination? And you need Joe Hayden. You need that veteran. Like Bob said yesterday, I might have Hayden play Sunday against Kansas City, even if he is a bit hurt. He's the glue. He's the organization back there. Believe it or not, I do see the Steelers making progress in a few areas. But if you commit 12 penalties and turn the ball over six times, nothing else really matters. A lot of people like Kansas City to win this game Sunday. A lot of people like the Chiefs. Here's a headline at CBSSports.com. Chiefs will rout Steelers at Pittsburgh. Yikes. Here's something I didn't know. Uh, Rich Eisen talked about it on Twitter. The Steelers can add money to Lev Bell's franchise tag. I don't know why they would, but they can. That makes zero sense to be able to add money to the franchise tag. If you can add money to the franchise tag... Why can't the Steelers and Bell still negotiate long-term? That makes no sense whatsoever to me. Got a lot to talk about. Got Ian Eagle. I think he's one of the best football play-by-play guys on network TV. 
He'll be doing the Chiefs and Steelers Sunday, and he joins me just a few minutes away at 3.15, right here on the Mark Madden Show. And then at 5.30, we got Dazon Kovacevic, the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. That's Serbian reactionary Dayon Kovacevic at 5.30. Here's the latest on the Serena Williams controversy. Uh, it's being said far and wide that both players are women of color and a white man made a choice to ruin the match, that being the umpire, the evil white man. Okay, well, how about this? Whenever two women of color play in tennis, let's let them call their own lines. Take the white man out of the equation. And if you do that, I guarantee Serena Williams would cheat like hell because she's always bullied opponents and she's always bullied umpires, including female umpires. Feminism can be so, so convenient. And it always has been for Serena Williams. Wait, here's an idea. Let's get Condoleezza Rice to be the umpire the next time two women of color play tennis. Way too much is being made of this. Serena got her ass kicked, and by way of diluting that being noticed, she turned herself into a martyr, and the media is mostly helping. Tennis umps are considering a boycott of Serena Williams matches. Now that's going too far the other way. Nobody gives a crap about the umpires, but Serena was loud and abusive, and she's always pushed the envelope with umpires. We got more Ben Roethlisberger injury news. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. But up next, from CBS Sports, he's going to do the call on Kansas City at Pittsburgh this Sunday. It's Ian Eagle, our good friend Ian Eagle here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 105.9. My guest now will be doing play-by-play for the Chiefs and Steelers at Heinz Field Sunday. He's one of the very best in the business from CBS. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program, Ian Eagle. Uh, Ian, I know you were you did the Chiefs game on Sunday, but I'm sure you've seen a, a lot of Steelers in Cleveland. What the heck happened with the Steelers Sunday? Because I still haven't figured it out. Yeah, I think you probably have a better sense than I do right now, living it, breathing it, just watching some of the tape, reading some of the stories. I can't even say that they took their foot off the pedal. Uh, Just mistakes and gaffes in that second half gave Cleveland a little bit of hope, and this is a Browns team that was well chronicled on hard knocks that has a chip on its shoulder and feels like they're much improved and feels like they're – uh, trying to convince people in the NFL that that they're at least uh, a team that you have to keep an eye on, and they gave them an opening, they took advantage of it, and in overtime that was just bizarre. Uh, Boswell missing a field goal, which is rare in and of itself, first one he's missed as a Steeler with the game on the line when he had a chance to win it, and then Cleveland unable to lock the door down with T.J. Watt making the play. Strange, odd, uh, this feeling of not really being satisfied when you have a tie. And I can tell you from a broadcast standpoint, Mark, it's just a pain in the ass to now say the record the whole year. But that's part of the deal. Well, you did the Kansas City uh, win at the L.A. Chargers Sunday, so let's talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs may not be a playoff team when the dust settles, Ian, but 
They have a playoff caliber offense, that's for sure. Mark, I, I was blown away by what we saw. And look, Tyreek Hill, the last couple of years, has shown his explosive abilities. Every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to, to go all the way. So that's not a surprise. The fact that he might become a dominant figure in the NFL at five foot nine, 185 pounds, really a track guy. That's what he was. He was a track athlete in high school that played football as well. And he's become a football player. He's become an all-around receiver. He's not just a fast guy that, that plays receiver. He has shown that the all-around skills are there for him to take that next step. And, and it reminds me in many ways of, of Antonio Brown, who came in as more of a special teams guy. Nobody really thought he would be a huge impact player as an offensive player. And he's turned out to be one of the great all-around receivers in the NFL. Then you've got a quarterback with natural gifts, Patrick Mahomes. I had never met him. Obviously, he didn't start last year until the final game of the season, so you wouldn't sit down with him in production meetings. Had a bunch of Chiefs games. We always met with Alex Smith. Met him for the first time last week, and confident young man, likable. Uh, you can see that he's got uh, leadership abilities. You could feel that. Uh, there's a charm there. Uh, he's got a chance to be a, a big-time player in this league for a long time. And as natural a, a thrower of the football as I've seen in quite some time, and I've been doing this now 21 years at CBS. What would you do? Because the Steelers have kind of a dicey defense at best nine. If you're them, what would you do to try to contain Tyreek Hill? Because speed isn't unique, but his might be. Those two touchdowns he scored at L.A., if the field was 400 yards long, he still would have scored. He'd have still outran yeah. everybody. Mark, the, the speed is apparent. That, that goes without saying. Look, you can clock speed, and you can now put one player next to another and know right away who's faster just based on their 40 time. But there's something else with him that isn't just pure speed. We've had a bunch of fast guys in the NFL that couldn't quite – be the impact player that everybody thought they could. There's there's a player on the Steelers that uh, for years, Darius Hayward Bay, everybody was just waiting for him to develop, and he's never become a big-time target. He's a really good special teams player, and he's carved out a nice career for himself. But he was the seventh overall pick back in 2009, so speed doesn't solve everything. The one difference that I see with Tyree Kill, having done a bunch of his games now the last couple of years, it's his cutting ability the fact that he can cut on a dime, he can shift gears, and then the startup speed kicks right back in. That's next level. That's when you're talking about uh, that special quality that isn't just using your, your stopwatch to see how fast the guy is, straight line. He's got a different aspect of how he goes about his business, and there's a real fire in him, whether it's the little guy thing that you're always trying to prove people wrong uh, whether it's the fact that his college career didn't go as planned, he was kicked out of Oklahoma State, he had transgressions, and rightfully so. Uh, he had to move on. Uh, and it takes a lot to get kicked out of Oklahoma State, by the way, Mark. He did. He goes to <laughs> West Alabama, and we know the rest. He goes at warp speed, and he has an attitude along with it that he believes he's the best player on the field. Uh, what we saw last week was not an anomaly. Uh, this is what this young man believes he can do week in and week out in the NFL. Your question is, how do you stop it? 
I think defensive coordinators are losing a lot of sleep on how to deal with Tyree Kill and the Steelers who, uh, look, I, I like their secondary. I like the move with Morgan Burnett. He's always been a solid player at Green Bay. He was a leader. He was communicative. Uh, I think Sean Davis can handle the new responsibility of free safety. He looked like a natural fit last week. Uh, obviously, corners are going to be tested, but uh, you go one-on-one, it's not enough. I saw Hill make a play off a double team going much higher than any five foot nine inch player normally has to go to catch a ball with one hand, come down awkwardly, leave the game with a potential concussion, no concussion, they determine he comes back, and he continues to dominate. It was scary last week. We're talking to Ian Eagle of CBS here on the Mark Madden Show. Ian, we have even mentioned Travis Kelsey at tight end. Uh, I think he's actually comparable to Gronk. I think those are the two best at their position. And what makes him even more dangerous, he's such a different weapon to Tyreek Hill. He is. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with him last week and asked him about the difference with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Travis Kelsey is a huge Alex Smith guy. He had his best seasons as a pro with Alex Smith throwing the football. And many times, uh, based on the fact that most people thought Alex was more of a check-down Charlie. It was Travis who was benefiting greatly back-to-back three 1,000-yard uh, seasons, three straight Pro Bowls. Uh, last year, 83 catches, 1,038 yards, eight touchdowns, big weapon, all-around skills, improved each year. Last week, one catch, six yards. Now, that was a byproduct of a number of things. Uh, I think... Los Angeles keyed in on him. They had linebackers that could match up with him. And the fact that Mahomes views offense through a different prism. He's not looking to check down. He's looking for the deep ball. And that's not to say that Kelsey won't be involved as this season evolves. But initially, the fact that you now break out the film from week one and Kelsey barely shows up, that's another scary proposition because (laughs) – This guy's going to get his numbers when it's all said and done. He said all the right things when we asked him about it. Uh, How are you going to spread the ball around? Are you going to be okay if your numbers aren't as big as they were in previous years? He said, of course. It's all about victories. It's going to fluctuate. We understand that. Fortunately, in this locker room, uh, there's an understanding that we have so many weapons. Mark, I, I just think this Kansas City offense, and I'm not an overreaction guy after one week, but I think this Kansas City offense does have a chance to put up Gaudy numbers. Oh, no, I, I watched that game against L.A., and I totally agree. And we've not yet mentioned Kareem Hunt. And one debate that's kind of been a, a bit frisky, it started in Sports Illustrated, their preview issue, should Kansas City run the ball more with Kareem Hunt? Because whenever they don't run the ball a lot, they lose. It's kind of a chicken-egg thing. Yeah, and if you remember back to last year, Mark, he got off to the blazing start. Nobody really knew who he was. Hunt was a third-round pick. He was a bit of an afterthought out of Toledo. Kansas City saw something in him in the scouting process, but Spencer Ware was penciled in as the starter. Ware was supposed to be the guy. He goes down with an injury. Hunt takes over. He fumbles on his first carry in his NFL career, and then it was lights out. But in the middle of the season, we talk about this rookie wall, and There are some that don't buy into it. There are others that do. I think Andy Reid looks back on last year and acknowledges that Hunt hit a rookie wall. They went 1-6 and over a stretch after it looked like they were going to run away with the division. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Hunt just didn't have that next gear. He got it back together for the final four games of the season. He ends up leading the NFL in rushing. 
when we sat down with Andy the other day, week one, uh, we asked him about the rotation and how it's going to work. Unlike Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid believes that he's got to get his other guys involved. So you're going to see where. Uh, You're going to see Damian Williams. They mixed in Anthony Sherman on a bomb from Mahomes, the fullback. They'll go multiple, and I don't think that Kareem Hunt is just going to be a bell cow for the entire year. Uh, Ian, we talked a lot about the Chiefs real quick in the time remaining. Uh, Speaking of running backs, what about James Conner? Can he keep doing what he did at Cleveland? Because for one day, anyway, the Steelers really didn't miss Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, what a fantastic story. Uh, It it really is. I know that if it's a win, maybe it gets even more attention. But the fact that Connor did what he did with everybody, everybody in the league keying in on what's going to happen with Pittsburgh on the ground, it it shows a lot uh, about him individually. It shows a lot about this offensive line. And it shows a lot about team unity, to be perfectly honest. And the fact that Mike Tomlin and the scouting staff, GM, they did their job correctly look i remember a couple of years ago mark and i know you do and steeler fans do uh, Le'Veon bell is suspended and d'angelo williams looked like an all pro uh, give a lot a lot of credit to what those guys do up front and this is not just the fact that Le'Veon bell is a star and he can do whatever he pleases it's been a collaborative effort through the years and bell is gifted one of my favorite players to to watch in the nfl but watching the tape on James Conner, boy, did he impress me. You're asking a lot. Uh, Bell, it took a toll on his body. Uh, Conner, I know already the speculation is he'll be the guy again. He'll get as many carries as it takes. That's Mike Tomlin's philosophy. I want to see how the body holds up, and I want to see if, if he's effective throughout the game. And Is he fresh in the third quarter, fourth quarter? As we know with Bell, that was a part of his allure, and it's always been part of his allure. He could kill you on a 45-yard run in the fourth or a catch-and-run for 55 yards and a knockout punch. Those are the separating moments for teams over the course of an NFL season when you only get 16 cracks at this thing. Uh, real quick, Ian, because I know you got to go. How many points are going to be scored Sunday? I think the over-under <laughs> might be 99. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to happen last week. We thought we were going to have a shootout with L.A., and, and the Chargers didn't necessarily hold up their end of the bargain, but they certainly had a, y- a lot of yards. Uh, I think we're, we're looking at, at a, a high number here. Uh, I, I'm still under the impression that Kansas City's trying to figure it out defensively. To me, uh, that's still a work in progress. I like some of the changes that were made. Uh, keep an eye on 53, Anthony Hitchens. He was all over the field last week. He's a big hitter. He brings a lot of fire to the field linebacker they, they got from Dallas, but it's still a work in progress on that side of the ball. And then Pittsburgh, I still think they have a chance to be one of the better units in the NFL when, when the smoke clears. And you know, I think back to last year, they were fifth overall in defense. They were seventh in points allowed. To me, those are the kind of numbers they could expect. It, it was a bit of a slip-up in that second half. And their offense didn't put them in, in the best of shape, as we know. The Connor fumble was so crippling. Uh, they they just they didn't respond to it. They didn't bounce back, and, and Cleveland, it gave them new life. Ian, great stuff. Terrific insight, as always. Enjoy the game Sunday, and we'll talk again soon, I hope. All right, Mark. Looking forward to it, man. Always fun coming into Pittsburgh. What a great environment, and always great talking to you, bud. That's Ian Eagle of CBS. He's the best. I'm Mark Madden. I'm right up there, too. 105.9. 
the super genius, Mark Madden. You're talking to the super genius. Yo, double up. Yo, drunk up Willie. Mark Madden is Pittsburgh sports. The X at 105.9. Steeler fans, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh, Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette tweets that David DeCastro says his hand injury is more serious than he originally believed. His hand is still swollen. He can't be fitted for a brace until the swelling goes down. Now, uh, that that's bad news because DeCastro is a class performer at guard, but at least they have a ready replacement. B.J. Finney can go in there, and it's a drop, but not a precipitous one from DeCastro to Finney. So, to reiterate, uh, DeCastro might have problems playing Sunday against Kansas City. In other Steeler injury news, Ben Roethlisberger would not confirm that he had an MRI on his injured elbow. He would not deny either. Ben loves talking about injuries, and he said he will be fine. Getting back to some of the stuff Ian Eagle of CBS and I talked about just moments ago. I don't know what the Steelers should do against Tyree Kill. And I don't know what the Steelers should do against Travis Kelsey. The tight end. Cornerbacks are too small to cover him. And backers and safeties are too slow to cover him. Some safeties can. I don't know if any of Pittsburgh's can. Kelsey's 6'5", 260, and he moves like a wide receiver. He might be better than Gronk. Said it before, say it again now, mean it. He might be better than Gronk. Here's an interesting stat about Kansas City. The Chiefs had the number one rushing attack per carry last season. 4.7 yards per carry as a team on the regular season. When the Chiefs won, in games they won, they averaged 142.2 rushing yards per game. In games the Chiefs lost, they averaged only 81.8 rushing yards per game. That is an amazing disparity. And it begs the question, do they run worse because they lose, or do they lose because they run worse? It's definitely a chicken-egg kind of thing, but Kareem Hunt is a stud. couple hockey notes. Uh, the assumption is that Steve Eiserman is going to become the Detroit GM now that he's quit as Tampa GM. Eiserman, who was Tampa GM for a decade would commute back and forth between Detroit and Tampa for his job, and his family stayed in Detroit. That's weird. I don't know if I'd want to do that if I had a family. I don't know what the family would want. It's just an awkward situation. Eiserman's a great hockey man, but the Red Wings are a mess. Maybe that's Eiserman's dream job because he played so well and so long for the Detroit Red Wings. But be careful what you set your heart on, because it will surely be yours. The Columbus Blue Jackets gave John Tortorella a two-year contract extension. I wonder how the Jackets locker room feels about that, and I wonder why they did it. What logical reason, because the Columbus Blue Jackets have yet to win an NHL playoff series and they blew that two games to none lead last year in the first round against Washington. 
And if Columbus wins that series, the Penguins might win the Stanley Cup. Just might win the Stanley Cup. Talking to which, I will be at Penguins camp to do the show Friday, and I'm quite looking forward. Let me give you a guarantee about the Penguins. A nailed-on guarantee. I guarantee Chris Letang will be one of the top five defensemen in the league and maybe even a Norris finalist. Tanger's healthy. His neck's 100%. He got back in the gym. His wife had their second child, and everybody's fine. Chris Letang is going to be the man this year. That is a super genius guarantee. Here's another observation, although I would hesitate to make it a guarantee. Daniel Sprong is either going to open the season on Sid's line or in the press box. I would opt for Sid's line. When you have a kid with that kind of ability to finish, you got to try that. But they love Dominic Simone. They do. So do I, as a third or fourth line. One thing people don't get about the Pens is that their defensive core is really good. Not just okay, but really good from top to bottom. And as I said in my trip column today, the camp surprise could be the Finnish defenseman, Juicy Ricola. Not that I expect he could win a job in the top six, but I think by the time camp is over, they will be very pleased. Not pleased, but if an injury puts him in the lineup, they will not fear using Ricola at all. I was watching all the NFL highlights last night, and uh, this guy Peters for the Rams. Why did Peters grab his crotch when he was spinning into the end zone? He, like, jumped up in the air and spun and grabbed his crotch when he scored that pick six for the Rams against the Raiders on Monday. Is that really supposed to be cool, grabbing your crotch as you score a touchdown? Why not grab a teammate's crotch with your other hand? That would be twice as cool. The Beatles did it. Come together. Right now, not not over me, over someplace else. 412-333-9939. I'm looking now again at the CBSSports.com headline. Chiefs will route Steelers at Pittsburgh. Boy, let's hope that headline doesn't come to pass because 0-1-1 with a tied Cleveland and a loss in your home opener. That's not a deep hole, but it's a hole. Oh, uh, Peters apparently grabbed his crotch to honor his friend. Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch. That's the beast mode. You grab your crotch. That's cool. Hey, kids, go out there. Score in your high school game. Grab your crotch. That's cool. What a bunch of clowns play sports these days. 412-333-9939. If you're just tuning in, the big news is that David DeCastro's hand injury is worth an anticipated. The swelling's not down enough to even fit him with a brace, so it sure doesn't sound like he's going to play Sunday against Kansas City. That'll put B.J. Finney in there in DeCastro's place. And B.J. Finney's good. Like I said a moment ago, he's a ready replacement. And, uh, The problem isn't the Chiefs' defense. 
The Steelers' offense will be fine, whether it's with DeCastro or B.J. Finney. The problem's with the Steelers' defense trying to stop that Chiefs' offense. Let me ask you a question. Here's a good question. We talk about the Steelers' best offense in football. We keep saying that in the vain hope that if we keep saying it, and really loud, too, and over and over again, we hope it'll become true. But it's not true, never has been. And think about this right now. Who would you rather have as your receiver, tight end, and running back? Would you rather have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt? Or Antonio Brown, Jesse James, and James Conner? You'd rather have the Kansas City gang at three, and that's not even close. And you'd definitely rather have Ben Roethlisberger than Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes far outplayed Ben Roethlisberger in week one. I'm going to go look at that headline at cbssports.com again. 412-333-WXDX. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, the intensity and the talents. Hey, what's up, Mark? Big fan. Adults don't want kids to be funny. I'm immature, so I don't count. The X at 105.9. I can't believe anybody would think it's cool that a grown man grabs his crotch upon scoring a touchdown. I can't believe the grown man would think it's cool enough to do. I can't believe anybody watching would think it's cool. But I'm old, and I'm white, and I'm not cool. Except I think I'm still right about this. Uh, Somebody asked me which Steelers I like. Because it's pretty clear which ones I don't like. So, okay, I like Ben, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Ramon Foster, even though I criticized him for putting Lev Bell on blast uh, last Wednesday. Artie Burns is okay. Joe Hayden. And obviously I'm looking at a lot of these guys from afar or via limited contact through interviews. I like Ponce and Gilbert. They've matured big time during their tenure here, and I respect that. I like Connor. I just don't think he's Jim Browner better than Bell. I like Hargrave, Watt. Hilton seems all right. So I obviously don't hate the whole team. And I don't necessarily hate, like, I don't necessarily hate Antonio Brown. I just hate that he turns the atmosphere around the team into chaos far too often. And I hate that he feels his brand is bigger than the Steelers, which it is not. I used to put Heinz Ward and Jerome Bettis on blast all the time. And they had big egos. But when push came to shove, Ward and Bettis never put themselves before the team, and they always busted their ass to win. And then they won. Especially Heinz Ward. It took Antonio Braun and all his antics to make me like and respect Heinz Ward. Uh, Nate Peterman, the former Pitt quarterback, he already lost the starting quarterback job in Buffalo. He stinks, no question. But now Buffalo's going to throw Josh Allen to the Wolves, the rookie. Uh, Just think, someday that'll be Kenny Pickett in the NFL and sucking. 
or not. Well, I mean, when I say not, he won't be the NFL. He's going to master the sucking part. Norm McDonald got pulled from the Tonight Show because he said it's not right that all the work done by Louis C.K. and Roseanne Barr got wiped out in a single moment. Hey, Norm, you're not allowed to say that or think that. No, sir, you're not allowed to say that or think that. Hey, what do they call a society when everybody has to think the same way? Or there's repercussions? What do they call that? What societies in the past have dictated that everybody has to think the same way? On Twitter, at Mark Madnex. Somebody refresh my memory on that one. What What's that called again? When thinking the same way is legislated? What's that called? Because I forget. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CW Electrical Services. Dot com. Uh, should I tell uh, the people about my latest medical development? They tested my stool and blood again, which was, I'm sure was a very pleasant experience for all involved. They tested it once, came back fine, as fine as your stool's going to. But then they tested it again because they couldn't figure out my problem. And the second sampling of the stool, which again, I bet they hope they never would have to do, I have a parasite, and I have to take a bunch of medicine over the next week or so to get rid of the parasite, but at least they know, and at least it probably won't kill me. Now, I've dealt with parasites before. For example, most of the people I work with, they feed on the host. But so that's that, and hopefully this won't take too, too long to clear up. Uh, a, a sad note. Oh, wait, i got to get this stat in first. Garrett Cole of the Astros had nine strikeouts. He's now had at least five strikeouts in each of his first 30 starts this season. The last American League pitcher with five or more strikeouts in each of his first 30 starts in a single season was Bob Feller in 1946 with Cleveland. Bob Feller, of course, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I can't help but think that Bob Feller would have had a much better career if he had just listened to Ray Searage and pitched to contact. Uh, a sad note to report. I'm sorry to hear that Mike Pintek of KDKA Radio passed away. Uh, Mike was a legitimate big-time radio guy and a pro's pro. He will definitely be missed. In Pittsburgh, we like to blame people. 30 seconds away, I got the top three scapegoats for Sunday Steeler loss. Get them on Twitter. Who are your top three scapegoats for Sunday Steeler loss? You tell me at Mark Madden X, and I'll tell you in 30 seconds here on 105.9.